This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome back. Uh, Dip it up with different episodes tonight. Just me and Joe um, for That Meal Podcast, episode 13 of the 2022-23 campaign. Uh, joining me tonight is uh, Joe. How are you, mate? Hi, Kai. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. It's a bit, a bit strange, isn't it? There's no, just us two tonight. Well, that's it. I mean, um, today is, uh, is Wednesday, and um, we, 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 the news broke out earlier today that Thomas Tuchel got the sack uh, at Chelsea. Uh, the reason why Mickey is not here and Omar is because Mickey's been offered the, uh, the the job at Chelsea. He's on his way down in now to have discussions with, uh, with, with the chairman. Uh, Omar's driving them down there, and it's leaves me and you to run the show. So it's now called the uh, the, the, the Joe's Zampa and Kai Bennett show. <laughs> we've, now, we've now renamed it. Oh, I love that. I love that. But yeah, today we're going to be talking a little bit about Cardiff, uh, touch a little bit at the end on um, Sunderland um, away on the weekend. Uh, so yeah, we're back uh, just after this little break. If you're a football fan, this is the place to be today. Millwall, come on, you're in with us. Welcome back to part one of the uh, That Mill podcast, episode 13 of the 2022-23 campaign. Uh, let's start off with Cardiff, Joe, shall we? 2-0 um, win, back to winning ways, first winning uh, four. Um, got a great, great day, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's one of the sort of games, I think you're approaching it with a little bit of uh, nervousness and anticipation at the start. You're thinking, well, here we go, it's a must-win game. Um, Morrison's down, uh, along with uh, Marlon Romeo and, of course, um, Ojo as well. So you desperately, desperately don't want to lose. You're hoping to get a win. Um, and then the question mark was like, you know, is Rowett going to play four at the back? Is he going to play five at the back? Is um, Harry Styles going to going to start? Is he is he going to um, be on the bench? If he does start, you know, where's he going to play? And um, he, he, he started him as a left wing back um, in, in favour of uh, uh, Scott Malone, unfortunately. So Malone dropped out. And um, he didn't disappoint, did he, Kai? I, I thought, you know, he played absolutely brilliantly on his debut and um himself a man-match performance. No, I agree, mate. Harry Styles was excellent. You've got to go straight, straight face now, Kai. Come on. He was, he was good. He was good. Oh, he was, he was brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, left wing back position, I, sort of, I think a lot of us sort of wondered whether um, maybe he'd keep Murray Wallace in there like he did against Burnley and maybe give uh, Callum Styles a little bit more time to settle in because obviously only signed on the Friday, well, Thursday evening and then only settled in on Friday morning. So, you know, straight into the thick of it, wasn't he? Up against uh, former Millwall right back, Marlon Romeo. How did you think he, he dealt with that, that battle down the right? Yeah, uh, it was quite an interesting battle that was, wasn't it? You know, I, I saw it the same way as you did. I saw it as, you know, as, as Styles versus Romeo and for different reasons. You know, Styles looking at it as his, as his debut. So emotionally, I'm sure he's going to be quite... Um, 
quite 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 tense and doesn't want to put a foot wrong. He wants to impress and, and show the mill crowd what he's about. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you've got modern Romeo returning to the den, um, wants to sign at the fans. You know, he wants to kind of put a good performance, hope you get a win, get a goal against us, whatever. And th- there was a real kind of uh, fierce battle between the between the both of them. And um, it was quite nice the way how the battle sort of progressed. Um, one thing I, I, I must say is I do think Callum, um, a.k.a. Harry, um, handled it a lot better than, than, than Marlon. I thought Marlon handled it really well in the first half. Um, but he kind of lost it towards the end, didn't he? And uh, unfortunately for him, it, it kind of affected his game. But I thought, no, I thought Callum Styles was absolutely brilliant and uh, showed the quality that we've been desperately missing, certainly on that left-hand side, for a very, very long time. And I think Marlon, I think it was Marlon, I think it was Callum Styles that was, um, I think it was the first half this happened. There was a tackle where uh, Marlon got a yellow card in the second half as well. Um, but could that tackle in the first half, who I believe was on Callum Styles, could that have been yellow card, perhaps? 100%. I'm not sure how early in the game it was, but I was thinking to myself at the time, got sat literally right right in front of it. Um, I did think to myself, you yeah, know, that, that's a yellow. But I did think well, it was fairly early in the game. Maybe it's his first sort of foul. Referee kind of let it go. Um, but you're right. I think had that been any, any other time during during the game, you yeah, know, who knows? That, that could have been a yellow card. And, and as you say, you've got a second yellow card. Well, a first yellow card should have been a second yellow card, second half. So we could have seen um, him walk off the pitch. Um, but no, I, I thought it was, a, it was a great debut from Callum. Um, really impressed uh, with, with, with him. Uh, loved his attitude. Loved the way he sort of fit, he fit into our, our sort of system. And um, certainly get, kind of almost energised and, 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 you know, helped everyone else along, kind of, you know, improve the morale, you like, amongst the team. Because they wanted to seem much more confident. Uh, hitting that ball about, didn't they? What What's your thoughts um, on Billy Mitchell starting coming back into the uh, team, Kai? No, I, I was really, um, I was really pleased when Billy was announced that he's back. In, well, they announced Billy was back in the team. I thought, um, I think Billy, especially first couple of games this season, I thought Billy had a great season last season. By the way, I thought he was brilliant. Um, but first couple of games, he just looked like he was a little bit short confidence, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of a rest. And um, you know, he's been out of the team for a couple of games now. But I thought against Cardiff. He comes in and he, he, I think he's probably the the most composed on the ball in the Mill team. He just when he gets that ball, he doesn't look like he's going to lose it. He looks like he's going to take that touch. He's going to play some uh, play a nice pass out wide, and he played some nice passes, didn't he? he got forward well, and it was a much better. Um, it was much more like the Billy Mitchell we saw last season, um, controlled, composed, and and uh, disciplined on the ball. So yeah, I was really impressed with him. Yeah, no, I, I echo that, actually. I thought, I, I thought you actually got on there. Um, one thing I think he also gives us, which again, I think goes a little bit unnoticed, he gives us that little bit of physical presence in midfield, doesn't he? I think yeah. defensively, um, in that role, he seems to... Sorry, I've got, got the, my dog arguing the dogs next door's <laughs> garden. So uh, try to ignore that, guys. Um, but um, no, he... I was trying to thought there. Sorry. He, he, he's very good at intercepting the passes uh, for the opposition. He's good at breaking down play, um, retaining possession, and then kind of gives it to, you know, the, the better player, like a better quality player. But he does a really good job for us. I did think the second half, when I saw the substitutions going on, whether it'd be him that will come off. And um, I was hoping it wouldn't be, because if Honeyman comes on for him, you do look at our midfield and think to yourself, you know, we do look quite small in midfield. We don't look like we're that strong, you know, physically. Um, and Rowett sort of, yeah, did real well to keep him on, 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 the, on the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, he did. We, we, we touched on the on the return of Marlon Romeo. Um, obviously, the big one uh, was Steve Morrison, wasn't it? Um, 92 goals in 336 appearances for the Lions yeah. over a three, 
uh, separate spells. Um, mm. When he comes back to the den, obviously he's a bit of a legend, isn't he? At Millwall, he's a bit of a he's one of the greats. He scored plenty of great, you know, really important goals for us. Uh, obviously, one in uh, at the playoffs uh, final Wembley a couple of seasons ago, uh, which sends back to the championship. Is, is sticks in the mind. But let's talk about another um, return. Mm. That there actually was another one we forgot about. We forgot about Ryan Allsop um, before we completely yeah. forgot about him. But um, but we'll touch on Ojo because he was the one, obviously, from last season. He hit the post in the first half, didn't he? But he got withdrawn at half time. So do you think maybe the, he, he just couldn't, you know, he, maybe it got to him a little bit more, a little bit too much to return and he couldn't quite deliver what, what he th- maybe can do? I don't know. I, th- I think with, with Ojo, you, what you see is what you get a little bit with him. I mean, I've heard a lot of um, Mill supporters mention about, you know, how he was kind of unnoticed and some of them made comments saying that they didn't realise he was playing. But... I, I, I thought he did okay. I mean, yeah, he got the ball a few times. He sort of ran into the channels. Um, he, he obviously hit the posts um, with that chance he had. And um, I think he was okay, but he's never really been that effective, even when we had him on loan last season. Yeah. Um, there's been glimpses of him where he's sort of come on and done quite well, maybe got an assist uh, for, for a couple of our goals. But he's never really sort of turned it on consistently. And um, he was pretty much the same uh, on Saturday for, for Cardiff, uh, unfortunately for them. Um a bit surprised seeing him come off at half time. I thought it was a little bit early, but obviously Morrison saw something in, in, in their style of play that wasn't quite working. And to be fair, it did kind of work for them the first sort of 10 minutes, second half, didn't it? The player they brought on, who I can't remember what his name is, I'm sure you know who he is, um, but it's a, he seemed to make a difference for them. I think he kind of got into the left channels quite a bit, start second half. He had a very good chance to score as well, and he looked quite effective, but then he kind of died off and, and went very quiet, didn't he, after sort of 10 minutes or so? No, he did. Callum Robinson, um, yeah. their, their deadline day signing from West Brom. Um, but, you know, in the first half, that, that, that's where we, we were discussing this before, you know, at half time that, you know, we had that, all that good work in the first half where we looked dominant. We, like, we were the ones that were going to score. As it's been in the last couple of games, Burnley stick comes to mind when I think of this sort of stuff where we've had a couple of chances and then Burnley hit us on the break and they, they, score a, mm-hmm. they score a goal and then they dominate from there. Cardiff was very nearly like that, wasn't it? All of our good work was quite very nearly undone by a little lapse in concentration. But on Saturday, that that maybe that luck, um, and we deserved that bit of luck, didn't we? Yeah, and, and again, you, you can't help but feel that it wasn't too long ago against Reading where it was a very similar situation where you know I felt we were on top, we were pressing, we were trying to create chance to make things happen, and again on the break they scored. And once they score, as we've seen from time and time again, it's very hard, especially at home for us to kind of break teams down and get back into it. So disappointing to go at nil-nil at half-time. Um, and I did feel we deserved to be one-nil up. But then you always felt there was a goal in it, you know, and, and uh, it's one of those sort of cases where, you know, whoever scores first will probably go on to win. And um, luckily for us, we, um, we we got the goal. And, and quite interesting, really quite lucky for us how the goal came about. Because, of course, it wasn't for, uh, for Hutchinson's um, injury. Um, Cresswell wouldn't have been on the pitch, would he? No, no, exactly. Cresswell... Cresswell obviously comes on and he gets a goal and assist. We'll, we'll touch on him a little bit later, but we'll start off with with Jamie Shackleton. Um, yes. Obviously in at right back. There was a, I thought he, he had a really tough battle, didn't he? Especially in that first half. I think his name was Jaden uh, Philogene from uh, Villa. He's on loan from yes. Villa. And his header just glanced past the post, didn't it, in the, mm. um, in the first half. He was, he was quite an exciting youngster and, and Jamie Shackleton seemed to deal with him quite well, didn't he? I thought, I think so. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, Shax is, is, a, is a fairly kind of smallish um, guy, isn't he? So you do question and wonder, is he going to cope physically uh, with these players? But he, he seems to be busy. He, he, uh, he seems to kind of give as good as he gets, doesn't he? And there's a few battles going on. There was a couple of times 
Um, I think even the second half in particular, I saw him in a far corner where he was putting a bit of pressure at times and there's probably two or three kind of players pressing him and he, he seems to kind of win the ball and comes out almost with, with the ball. You think, how the hell does he do that? You know, it, it just wish we think he's going to lose it. He just somehow, well, he's got a low sense of gravity. I'm not sure what it is, but he seems to kind of like retrieve the ball and, and, and sort of comes out looking like, you know, nothing like, like to pack it, panic here. I've got, I've got this under control. Um, he's a very similar player to uh, Matt Namara in, in that position where, yeah, both McNamara and him are quite lively, quite energetic, like getting amongst it. But I don't know whether it's a, it's a confidence thing or not. I just felt that Shaq seemed a little bit more um, assertive, a bit more kind of confident on the ball. Again, his touch, his positioning sense, uh, his distribution um, seemed, seemed very, very good. And um, especially in that second half when Cresswell came on, you kind of got the old friendship there with Cresswell and Shaq playing quite close together. And you see them quite talking quite often to each other. And a couple of times when um, the, the card of player, I'm not sure who he was, was giving Shax a bit of a hard time and going quite quite hard into a couple of times, you can see like his big brother Shax, uh, uh, big brother Crestwell behind him, um, sort of coming in and giving a bit of muscle himself and uh, kind of protecting Shax a little bit. So the chemistry worked quite quite nicely on that side. You kind of always get a nice sort of balance, don't you, between between them all. Um, but no, it, it, was, it was impressive. Um, you know, whether or not Matt Namara starts uh, against Sunderland or whether Shax keeps the position, who knows? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I think Shackleton, uh, when, it, when I saw him on the team sheet, I wasn't um, ultimately I, I don't know, ultra surprised, but I wasn't, um, you know, I did feel a bit disappointed as well because obviously Danny is our, he's one of our own, isn't it? And it'd be nice if he'd get back up to the, the, the heights he was last year. But one thing I will say about Jamie Shackleton is, he played about 16 games for Leeds last year, I think, at right wing back um, in the absence of Luke, Luke Ayling. So mm. he's definitely got that experience at right wing back. He's got that Premier League experience at right wing back, which could be really crucial this year if maybe Matt Danny's a little bit off it and you know we need to, we need to put someone in there to liven it up while Leonard's maybe out. So no, I thought he did really well. Um, I expect Danny probably to come back into the side and, and if, you know whether that's on Saturday or at some point. I'm sure he'll, he'll work his way back into the side. Um but it's another two, isn't it? Um, another two subs, the new, another two signings, Fleming and Vogie. Um, Sian Fleming just come back from injury. He was very good against Burnley. He was very good again against uh, again uh, Saturday against Cardiff. Looked um, very confident player, isn't he? Likes to shoot from wherever he can. But that, that I think that's a positive, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he he um, he's a player who, as we said before in, in previous shows, yeah, technically he's probably a level above. Um, most of the, the, the players in, in our squad. And um, what I like about him, he's not afraid to sort of turn it on. Like you say, he's not afraid to have a shot, try a scissor kick or, you know, try a little flick or do something different. He's got a bit of flair about him, which I thought was quite quite nice to see. Um, the other thing I kind of question a little bit is the tactics that Riot was playing. He tends to want to play a three uh, last couple of games with Bradshaw, Fleming and Volsammer together. Um, and maybe he kind of gives the license to Fleming to drop into a 10, perhaps when we're defending. I'm not quite sure, even when we're attacking, maybe. I think maybe what some players are as a free when we're defending to kind of keep their defenders at bay a little bit and then fold in. But hearing what um, Fleming said on the BBC London um, radio show that was on the other week, um, one of the questions that was asked to him is, where do you see yourself playing? Do you see yourself as a striker or, or, or attacking midfielder or, or at number 10? And he said straight away, attacking midfielder, number 10. That's where I want to play. Yeah, I want to play in the lines, he said. I want to play um, facing the goal. <clears throat> I don't want to be you know, playing my back to the goal and, and sort of like, you know, battle with defenders. So surely you think 
these conversations would be taking place with Rowett on the training pitch or in, in one-to-one meetings and stuff. Um, and I would love Rowett to kind of play him at number 10 a little bit more often, play him in between the lines where he'll have a little bit more time with the ball to, again, turn and make things happen, whether it be through balls or try and make things you know, and spark in that kind of area. Um, I just feel that playing him out far out on the right-hand side or whatever it might be, yes, he could do a, a job for us. He's not absolutely blessed with pace. So he's never going to get behind like an Ollie Burkwood. Um, and he can affect games in those areas. I'm not saying you can't play in that, in that position, but I just feel that playing the number 10 behind the front two, linking with midfield, will probably suit him better and probably give us a better uh, a better balance. What was your thoughts on, on Fleming? And, and and also, when we get to talk about him, is um, Volsammer as well. I mean, do you feel he had a bit of a quiet quiet game? No, I think I think, I think Volky probably did have a, a little bit of a quiet game. Um, sort of limped a couple, limped a little bit in the first half um, after a challenge. So, I man, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe he just felt it a little bit. It's not. He doesn't sound like he's an injury concern for for Saturday. There's been no reports of that, so hopefully he's absolutely fine. I thought mm-hmm. Fleming was once again. I thought he was good. He's lively, isn't he? He works hard, um, and when he's on the ball, he's almost like a. You know, for example, last season and seasons before where Jeb Wallace gets on the ball, there's always that little thing going. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On the ground where, you know, we feel like there's going to be something, something's going to happen here. And Zion Fleming is that player right right now. Yeah, along with him and Tyler Bury, there's, you can you can see that excitement when, when they get on the ball. And I think, see, they're really exciting players for us. But as for Vogslammer, I think it will come. It, it could finish yesterday in training. I don't know if you saw that on, on Twitter. Mill posted a little video. I did, actually, yeah. Very good, yeah. Finish. So hopefully he'll come good. Um, believe he will. He's got all the um, all the aspects and attributes to, to, to come good. But would you, So would you, what would you do on... on we'll, we'll touch a little bit on the front three for, for Saturday. Would you would you keep Voggy and Fleming in, in there? Um, or would you change it up a little bit? It's a, it's a tough one because going back to the point you mentioned about substitutions there. So um, I think there was about the 65th minute, wasn't it? When yeah. Fobi comes on, Bury comes on, Malone comes on. And um, these are three guys you can arguably say that were kind of dropped you know, onto the bench, weren't they? Um, they, they, both, they all started the last couple of games. And um, yeah, I mean, a Fobi, for me, he, he really stood out. You know, he, he, he battled, he, he won Every header I could think of, he went for. Just went about five or six headers and won every single header. Um, he looked sharp. He looked like he was up for it. Obviously, his his goal uh, was fantastic, which was a, a pass from. Is it from Cresswell? I think you said it was. It was. So again, link up was very really good. And the way he took it was was fantastic. You know, the confidence to, to take it to the byline, to cut it to his left foot and dig it past the keeper was 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 fantastic to see. Um, Bury for me, you know, he, he did okay. I mean, again, you know. With the ball at his feet, running at defenders, you know, he's a defender's worst nightmare, isn't he? Because he's so good at doing it. He's good at sort of, you know, 
playing in, in between sort of defenders and trying to make things happen. You're too scared to kind of touch him because he's going to go down and you yeah. know you can give away a free kick or, or even a penalty. Um, but um, I think there's some news on Bureau as well, weren't there? You, you were telling me earlier about his uh, his injury. Yeah, there was reports earlier saying that uh, Tyler Bury will be will probably most likely miss um, Saturday's game against Sunderland. I think he was they said week to ten days, a little bit of a nice and bruising on his knee. Um, right. they, there could be some ligament damage there, but it's not serious. It's just a sort of a one sort of miss of one game. But that does now make um, as we're touching on injuries for injured players for for Millwall. Obviously, Mason Bennett is out for was out for eight weeks. That was he did that about three and a half four weeks ago now. So. They've probably got another four weeks left, something like that. Uh, Ryan Leonard is out, supposed to be out for two to three months, so he'll still have at least two months left of that. Um, obviously, Bury, as we said, a week to 10 days. And and now added to that injury list as well is uh, Sean Hutchinson, uh, three to four weeks, uh, groin groin injury. What would you, would you, um, it's a shame, isn't it, to lose Hutch again? It's a, it's a shame, yeah, because um, when Hutchinson was, was missing the start of the season, we seemed to lack a little bit of leadership and calmness in, in, in defence, didn't we? And, and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're all over the place. You could you could tell by the goals we conceded. And um, just since we've had Hutch back in there again, suddenly um, we look a bit more composed, a bit more organised. I think Cooper plays better with him alongside him as well. Um, he's, he's a natural leader and it kind of helps the rest of the, uh, the defenders that are playing around him. However, you know, this is another opportunity for Cresswell to come back in again now, isn't it? You know, and uh, Cresswell didn't look to do too, too much wrong on um, on Saturday, I mean, if anything, he, he, you know, he done really well. As you say, he got a goal, he got an assist. Uh, defensively, looked quite sure. I don't re- recall him kind of messing up or, or, do, or doing much much wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a case of you know, can we get through the next sort of few weeks without Hutch um, and try and put on the kind of defensive displays we know that this this defence is, is, is more capable of doing even without Hutch uh, in, in, in the side. So that would be the question um, that I'll be asking them and uh, hopefully on Saturday against Sunderland they can show us um, what they can do and hopefully we can bring that tightness to the back again and uh, not, not leak any goals. Yeah, definitely a clean sheet um, second of the season for all the way back dating all the way back to the first game of the season so that's much better uh, much better defensively I think we've probably summed up pretty much everything to do with you got any final thoughts Joe um, on the game yeah I mean like I said on, on a whole it, it, was a, it was a great great win uh, it's always great to beat Cardiff isn't it you know England versus Wales that kind of rivalry um, Morrison being there Romeo being there oh Joe to get a win against them you know 2-0 clean sheet as well is uh, more that than I could have ever wished for, to be fair. So I'm very happy with it, happy with the performance. Um, lots of positives. You know, Styles looks great. Um, Shaxx is great at right wing back. Something we've got wing backs that can actually affect the game, which we haven't had all season. So I do hope Rarick sticks with with them and, uh, for, for, for the Sunderland game and uh, and, and beyond. What, what's your thoughts to, uh, to end that, that, uh, that game? No, I thought... I- Pretty much echo what you said. I think, uh, as you said, left the, the wing backs seem to affect the game. Uh, Styles looks a looks a pretty shrewd um, bit of business, doesn't he? Um, season long loan, and um, you know, quick quick down that left. Got a, got a lot of skill, uh, pace, and uh, just ultimately looks really secure on the ball. There was a couple of times where he, he glides forward almost. He doesn't. It looks effortless, and he's just sort of gliding left and right and and beating his play as well. And I think he's going to be. Uh, massive this season for us but yeah really good win that was us sort of looking back at Cardiff let's let's move forward now I guess to Sunderland um, but we'll do that uh, in part two so we'll be back after this welcome back um, 
to episode 13 of that Mill podcast 2022-23 campaign. Um, let's talk about Sunderland, Joe. They currently sit eighth um, in the championship. Uh, three wins, two draws and three defeats, scoring 11 goals and uh, conceding nine. Last, last time out was a 1-0 uh, defeat against Borough on Sky Sports on Monday. What do you think of them coming up? Yeah, I mean, I think we all secretly felt that you know, under Alex Neil, they're going to do really well this season. Um, they, they signed, signed some good players. They've got Ballard in and and a few others to mention. Um, and they, they started the season quite well, didn't they? Like you say, that they, they're sitting up there for a reason. You know, eighth is a good position to be at this this, um, this time of, of the season um, with seven, seven, eight games in. Um, but one thing I did notice, obviously, is the fact that the, the, the fan base was very, very... Um, very very disappointed to see Alex um, Alex Neil go. Obviously he's left for uh, for Stoke now, and um, I think the first game that he wasn't there, they ended up losing to Borough. And I think they played quite badly as well, from the sounds of what I heard. I didn't see the game myself, but just reading through uh, news articles, they were, they didn't play too greatly. So um, the question mark is, yeah, how they're going to play uh, against Millwall on Saturday? Um, got Tony Mowbray, uh, who's now in charge of them. Um, still early days for him. You know, he he might be able to get a reaction from them against us on Saturday. It could you know work out pretty badly for us if, if they want to, you know, really sort of try to play to impress the new manager. Um, but I'm hoping that you know the uh the hangover is still lasting. You know, they're still a bit down, a little bit upset that Alex Neil's gone. And it might take them a couple of weeks or a few games before they start playing to uh Mowbray's new system and uh, the way he likes to play. Um on injury news, I think you picked up something else, didn't you? Um, one of their players that, that's out. Yeah, yeah. So um, Ross Stewart um, is out for twelve weeks. It was said today, BBC uh, Newcastle, um, probably their main striker this season, along with Ellis Sims, who obviously we missed out in the summer. Them two were really forming a, a nice partnership. But Stewart being out um, is is a big blow. He's the one that sort of supplies the goals and, and sort of links up the play. So. He'll be a big miss. There's also another player out for them uh, who can't quite record moment. But let's talk about one player that is out. And obviously, we all know him very well, don't we? Daniel Ballard um, out with a, I think I believe it's a foot injury. So what, was, what do you make of that? Are you you know, it's, it's not nice to ever see a player um, injured, is it? Especially when you when they play for you. But as it as it goes on Saturday, you probably would have put a five for him scoring, wouldn't you, against us if he was fit? So what's your yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather not not see him than than, than see him. To be fair, um, you're right. He he's more than capable of scoring from a set piece or from a corner or a free kick. So um, it would be uh, it, it, yeah. It's a shame, obviously, to, to not welcome back at the den again. Um, but I, I would much rather him not be there than be there. One question mark is though is that you know with these injuries he's, he, he keeps having. Obviously, he had injuries when he played for us. I think it's like his second injury with um, with Sunderland now since he's he's been with them. Um, I mean, were we right? to not sign him on, on a perm? Did we just kind of dodge a bullet there, do you think? Do you think he's that injury prone that maybe it worked out better for us in the long run? What's your thoughts on that? I, th- I think probably looking at his injury record, he's had some quite long-term ones. I believe he had one mm. at Swindon before um, Blackpool. Um, so and he had a pretty long-term one there. He was pretty relative, injury-free at Blackpool, came to us. He had a couple of injuries, didn't he, last year? He probably had expected maybe two that left him out for about four, four weeks at a time. Um, and then now he's had a big one at Sunderland, so it does show there is a there is an injury problem there. So we probably have, if you look at the stats and how much he plays, we probably have dodged a, a bit of a bullet there in terms of the fee we might have had to pay for him. Um, but loved him back. I mean, ultimately Dan Ballard was a fantastic centre back for us. But we've got a, we've got a player in Charlie Cresswell now, haven't we? Who 
for me, looks just as dangerous. I mean, he's scoring, he's scoring, he's scored three goals this season. <laughs> a top um, goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, top goal scorer. So we can't <laughs> argue with any of his plans. He hasn't even played every game, has he? So exactly. no, it's, exciting. it's exciting. But yeah, it's disappointing to see. You never want to see a player out, do you? A former player no. who you know, did so well with you on loan. I think I put, I don't know about you, and I'll maybe ask you what, what you think of this, but would you put Daniel Ballard in the, in the category of, a lone player that we sort of fell in love with, such as like Jason Malumbi, Chris Wood, them sort of players. Would you put him in that in that category? I, I, I would say so. I mean, um, as you know, a little while ago we did our own sort of favourite loans eleven, didn't we? And Mill loans eleven. I think if we did it again, uh, I'm pretty sure that he'll probably be in that eleven. There's not many defenders we've signed centre backs in particular who have really sort of shined for us and, and done quite well. So um, I would say that yeah, he's definitely one that. Um, will stand out as, as one of the, the better loan signs we've had that done a good job for us. And it was it was sad to see him go. Um, but obviously, you know, it was just our decision. It was his decision as well. And he decided to go to Sunderland. And um, a fair play to him. We, we wish him all the best. But, you know, the, the, the question I'm asking is, you know, now is to you, is were we right to let him go and then sign Cresswell? Is Cresswell a better player than Ballard? And is Cresswell going to be more effective for us this season than having Ballard in the side. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's really difficult to sort of um, compare the two, obviously, so early in the season. But I would say, obviously, Cresswell scored three goals. Um, Ballard maybe scored one at this point last year. Um, and Cresswell hasn't started week in, week out, has he? So when, when he does start, he looks really exciting. He's obviously a top, top player. And mm. I probably would say we made the right decision. Um, signing what, about Cresswell. what about defensively, Kai? Who would you say is a better defender out of Cresswell and Ballard? Um, in terms of how much, how how defensively good we looked when he was on the pitch, I'd probably say Ballard looked more composed as a, as a defender, like more head, headed clearances. Um, but if we are looking for that balance this year, where we're trying to get our centre backs involved with with passing, with with scoring goals, and but defending as you know as well as they can do as well, I'd probably say Charlie Cresswell is more of the the all rounded player for us. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he's a he's a top top signing for us. So yeah, I probably have to go Cresswell. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's it's unfair on Cresswell where Ballard's had the whole season to kind of show us yeah. what he can do. Yeah, and 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 it wasn't a case of that every game he played was you know all glitz and glamour and brilliant. I mean, I'm sure he had some bad games for us as well. Whereas with Cresswell, I think he's been a bit unfortunate where he's kind of gone from hero to zero you know, over sort of two or three games to start of the season where he's had a fantastic debut and then messed up uh, in, in his, his uh, second game. Um, so let's make a judgment on him probably, you know, halfway yeah. through the season where we get a better look at him. But I think potentially when you look at what he's about and what he can offer us and what he can give us as a, as a ball-playing defender, uh, I agree with you. I think on the ball, I think he's probably better than Ballard. Um, with the style we want to play of our football, hopefully he can join in a little bit more in the possession and in the football we're trying to play. I think Ballard was very suited to our defence last season because of the style we played him. You know, our defenders were what you call like, you know, um, non-ball playing defenders, if you like. And it was all a case of like, you know, defend, 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 give it to Jed, give it to to, to the pacey guys up front and let them, you know, um, hit teams with a counter-attack. And that was kind of almost like the the, the, the tactics then. Whereas now we're playing a slight different sort of tactic and we're, we're trying to, you know, keep the ball and harvest the ball a little bit more now and try and get the defenders involved in, in possession as well. So... Um, hopefully he'll he'll prove good for us and he'll show uh, us why you know um, round side to kind of go with him rather than sign um, sign Ballard uh, on on a perm. Um, I know we're gonna, I think Mickey and uh, Omar are going to talk about 
uh, the Sunday game a bit more in depth, but I think the show's going to go out maybe. You'll probably land in sort of Friday, I, I, I would have thought, um, to talk about the um, the Sunderland game. But very, very quickly, um, before we end the show, what's your prediction on uh, on Saturday's game? Uh, I'm looking for a goal scorer, score line. You know, what, what are you going to go with? I'll go for Sunderland 1, Millwall 2. Um, and I'm going to go for Benny Kofobi and uh, Fleming to get the goals. What about you, Joe? Brilliant. It was interesting to say Fleming there. I've gone for Fleming for a 1-0 win. I just oh, feel yeah. that he, deser- he, yeah, he's, he deserves a goal. He needs. He desperately wants a goal. Needs a goal. Um, I've seen little signs in him in, the, in his last couple of games where I just see him just slowly kind of engaging, getting getting into the rhythm a little bit more, and you know, get, getting a, a real feel as to how we play as a team and stuff like that. And uh, I think against Sunday it'd be a tough game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised again if they get more possession on the ball than, than we do. Um, it probably be either a set piece or yeah, maybe a bit of brilliance. Yeah, from Fleming, you know, something at the edge of the box, a 25 or 30 yard, a top corner. Um, and of course, we'll then defend and defend, defend and, and try and see it out. Uh, I can't see a lot of goals in it unless it's Sunderland hitting three past us. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I think it'd be quite a tight affair. So 2 1 or 1 0 will probably be a, a, fair, a fair result. But I think we both agree that Fleming's uh, due a goal. Hopefully, he'll get one this Saturday. No, absolutely, absolutely. As Joe just mentioned, uh, Omar and Mickey will be back. Um... As I think it'll probably land Friday morning, won't it? Early morning, so, so yeah. uh, should, they should be back with a with a little Sunderland uh, preview. Maybe they might even touch on the Cardiff game too. So be you know check out for that. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. It's episode thirteen. Um, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for coming on, Joe. Thanks, Kai. Yeah, cheers, guys, and, and uh, cheers for everyone listening to the show and uh, something to kind of like think about and listen to. And uh, again, if you've got any uh, opinions, what we spoke about, you know, please sort of enter the comments into the. Uh, comment section or, or, or tweet us or whatever you want to say, you know, just, just be interested to get your thoughts and your feedback. But um, brilliantly, uh, Kai, for hosting, I think you've done a grand job. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we get the uh, the win on uh, on Saturday. No, definitely. Thank you very much for that, Joe. I appreciate that. I mean, follow us on on all social medias of that, that mill pod. I'll do a little plug like Mickey does. Um, <laughs> I know he loves the, loves the little plug at the end. So yeah, follow us on, on all social medias at that mill pod. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And we'll be back very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.